Hello, I am Bill Swafford, and it's time to put your investigative minds to work and help solve Cold Ohio. 911, what is the address of your emergency? The unsolved homicide case that I am going to talk about in this episode is going to be out of Shaker Heights, Ohio. Shaker Heights is in the northeastern part of Ohio, east of Cleveland. I am guessing that Shaker Heights does not have the same high crime rate as Cleveland does. So everyone around the Shaker Heights or Cleveland area, please share this episode with everyone that you know. It is how we all can help get these cold cases heard and not forgotten. The victim of this unsolved homicide case is 16-year-old Lisa Pruitt. Lisa had been a good student in high school. Lisa is a white female. She had just gotten her driver's license. This homicide would happen in the month of September of 1990. In the early morning hours of September 14th, 911 would get a call from Dan. And I think his last name is pronounced Dreyfort. The last name is spelled D-R-E-I-F-O-R-T. Dan would tell the 911 operator that he had heard screaming outside of his parents' house. Dan had said that his girlfriend was supposed to come over and that her bike was outside. However, she was nowhere to be seen. Law enforcement would start their search for 16-year-old Lisa Pruitt. It would not take long for them to find Lisa. Lisa's body was found at Dan's neighbor's house in the backyard. Lisa's body was found 30 feet from Dan's house. Lisa had been stabbed to death. Her clothes had been partially removed. The coroner would say that Lisa was stabbed 21 times. There were bruises on her neck. They believe the bruises were from Lisa's necklace, from someone standing behind Lisa and pulling on a necklace and choking Lisa with her own necklace. They did say that even though Lisa's clothes had been partially removed, she had not been sexually assaulted. Dan, Lisa's boyfriend, would become law enforcement's first suspect. Dan had just spent 35 days in Cleveland's mental health facility for suicidal thoughts. He had attempted suicide. Dan had just gotten out of the mental health facility on September 13th. Around 9 p.m. on September 13th, Lisa's dad had dropped Lisa off at Dan's house, but she did not stay there that long that day. However, she did tell Dan that she would sneak out of her house around midnight or 12.30, then she would be back to see Dan at his house. Dan had told law enforcement that later on that night of September 13th, that he had started to unpack what he had brought home from the mental health facility. He had said that he had forgotten that Lisa was even going to come back over. Then around 12.15 a.m. on September 14th, Dan and his dad both heard what they thought was someone screaming outside. Dan 
had gone outside and did not see anything. Then he had gone back inside of his house. A question that I have is why didn't the dad go out and check to see what was going on? I want to mention real quick that September 14th of 1990 was on a Friday. Now after going outside for the first time, Dan would go back to doing what he was doing. He finished unpacking his stuff that he had brought home from the mental health clinic. Dan had told investigators that around 12.45 in the morning, he would remember that Lisa was supposed to stop back by after sneaking out of her house. Dan had gone back outside for a second time, and that's when he saw Lisa's bike about 20 feet away from him at his neighbor's house but he did not see Lisa. That is when he tried to call Lisa's parents, but they did not answer their phone, so he called 911. Dan's parents said that Dan was inside of the house the time of the murder. So if Dan did not murder Lisa, who did? Law enforcement would question Lisa's classmate and friends. One thing that they found out was that Lisa was not the only one who was supposed to go over to Dan's house in the early morning hours of September 14th of 1990. A boy by the name of Chris Jones was supposed to go over to Dan's house, but never showed up. Chris had said that he had stayed up late doing homework. Chris was never really looked at as a suspect, and I don't understand why. Now sometime during the day of September 14th, Chris and some of his friends had gone over to Dan's house. They had talked about what had happened to Lisa and who could have possibly hurt her. They all came up with one name, Kevin Young. It is said that young Kevin was in love with Lisa. A boy by the name of Shane told law enforcement that Kevin had gone nuts when he found out Lisa and Dan were in a relationship. Several people had gone to law enforcement and had said that Kevin had mentioned that he wanted Dan and Lisa dead. Things did not look good for Kevin. Law enforcement would question Kevin on September 15th of 1990. Kevin would deny having anything to do with Lisa's murder. Kevin admitted to being out on the night of September 13th. However, he had gone home around 11.30 p.m. Then he had stayed home for the rest of the evening. Kevin's parents confirmed that Kevin was home around the time of Lisa's murder. Law enforcement did not believe Kevin's parents. Kevin would be given a lie detector test, which they say it was found that Kevin had not been honest with his answers. Law enforcement arrested and charged Kevin Young for the murder of 16-year-old Lisa Pruitt. Kevin would continue to deny having anything to do with Lisa's murder. Kevin would go to trial and would sit in front of a jury. In July of 1992, a jury would find Kevin Young not guilty of Lisa's murder. This would have been hard on Lisa's family and hard on Kevin to be on trial for something that he did not do.
Some people believe that Kevin was only arrested because of his odd personality. If Kevin did not murder Lisa, who did? I personally would still consider Dan a person of interest. He had spent 35 days in a mental health clinic. He had not seen Lisa. And somehow he had forgotten that Lisa was coming back over to his house. It is not often that a teenage boy forgets that a teenage girl is sneaking over to his house. Especially after spending 35 days away from each other. Then I still wonder why Dan's dad did not go outside after hearing what they thought was screaming. Why wasn't the dad the one to make the 911 call? There is a chance that even if Dan had nothing to do with Lisa's murder, that he could possibly know more than what he had told law enforcement. Law enforcement believed Dan's parents when they had said that Dan was inside of the house at the time of the murders. Law enforcement believed them, but they did not believe Kevin's parents. Was there absolutely no way for Dan to sneak out of his house without his parents knowing? Teenagers can't find ways to sneak out of the house for a short time and then sneak back in without being seen. Then there is the boy by the name of Chris Jones, who was also supposed to go over to Dan's house but never showed up. Chris's excuse for not going over to see his friend was because he had stayed up late Thursday night doing homework. Depending on the teenage boy, that probably wouldn't be a real believable excuse. So I believe Chris would also be a person of interest. There was rage behind this murder, whoever did it. Lisa was choked from behind with her own necklace and stabbed 21 times. If this was a random attack, there is a huge chance that Lisa would not have been stabbed 21 times. Did Lisa get into a relationship with someone else while Dan was in the mental health clinic? This happened in 1990. Teenagers did not have their own cell phones and tablets. So there was no device that law enforcement could check to see who Lisa had been in contact with. Kevin Young was 18 at the time of his arrest. His murder trial was broadcasted nationally on court TV. On January 14th of 2017, Kevin, who was 44 years old, by this time was found dead in his apartment. He had been working as a painter. Something I did find out. Dan's family had money. They had a family mansion on the corner of South Woodland and Lee Road. Dan's dad actually worked at the clinic where Dan had stayed for 35 days. Dan was also on medication. I also found something that says that the second time that Dan had gone outside was without his parents knowing. So Dan did have a way to get out of that big house without anyone knowing. We are talking about a mansion-style home, a big home. So a person is not going to hear everything that's going on inside of that house. I am surprised that they heard anyone screaming. Law enforcement did have one more suspect in the homicide investigation of Lisa Pruitt. 
This was a man by the name of David Brannigan. David had put himself on detectives' radar because David had gone to law enforcement the day after Lisa's murder, claiming that a black man had killed Lisa. My question would have been, did someone pay David to go into law enforcement and tell them that a black man did it? However, law enforcement believed that David only wanted to see what they knew about the murder. David's wife said that David had admitted to breaking into homes in the Shaker Heights community and lived in a house close to Lisa's home. David was never charged. David died in 2017. The murder of Lisa Pruitt still remains an unsolved homicide cold case out of Ohio. So everyone listening from around the Shaker Heights or Cleveland area, Please share this with everyone that you know. That is how we all can help these unsolved cold cases be heard and not be forgotten. I am Bill Swafford and this has been Cold Ohio. 911, what is the address of your emergency? Where are we? Officer, suspect, take my phone on my life. Need your assistance.